Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, everybody. Before we get started, we have just a couple of announcements. The first one is that I, Kristen Russo, Kristen Nolene Russo, have an event coming up on March 27th at the University of Wisconsin Stout. That is in Menominee, Wisconsin. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you say it, but that's how I say You're it. You'll find out soon. Yeah, it's just an hour outside of Minneapolis. Um, and it is an event about coming out. It is for students. It is for families. Um, it is for young people as well. So if you live in the area and you want to come hear me talk about coming out and other stuff, probably there'll be at least a Buffy reference or two. Uh, you should check that out. You can find all of the information on our website, bufferingthevampireslayer.com under events. And again, that's University of Wisconsin Stout on Monday, the 27th at 7 p.m. Speaking of events mm. i just have to one up me don't you that's right <laughs> i jenny owen youngs will be playing a northeast mini tour or as i tried to call it a minotaur but my manager was like no i'm oh, an adult and i won't let you have any fun management haters now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but from april 6th through april 9th i'll be playing in Northampton, Massachusetts, Boston, Massachusetts, Brooklyn, New York, and also Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, Philadelphia. Everybody's been begging you to come yes. to Philadelphia. So uh, grab a ticket, coming out. I will uh, jam or something. And uh, you can find tickets and info and whatever at uh, bufferingthevampireslayer.com. Jenny, are you going to play any of your Buffering the Vampire Slayer songs? I feel like I'll play at least one a night. At least one. You Gee better whiz. play at least one. They're hits. Oh, boy. Welcome to Buffering the Vampire Slayer, a podcast where we are watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then discussing them one at a time. My name is Jenny Owen Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo, wife to the most enthusiastic person on the planet. I love introductions. <laughs> and this week we are talking about season two, episode 10, What's My Line, part two. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast every week for an original song written by us recapping the Buffy episode we are discussing. In fact, this week's song is a continuation of last week's song. It is. Because when there's a to be continued linking two episodes, we make one mega song. We do. What's My Line Part 2 was written by Marty Noxon. Yes, it yes. was. And directed by David Semel, 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 Semel. I'm going with Samel. <laughs> Great. It originally aired on November 24th, 1997, just two days after I turned 16. Oh, November 24th is our anniversary of dating. 
Um, gotta go. <laughs> In this episode, <laughs> Buffy joins forces with another slayer, says IMDb. How about we call her Kendra? Buffy joins forces with Kendra in hopes of saving Angel from the clutches of Spike and Drusilla. I hate clutches and you, being you, in them. You Oh, I thought you hated the word. I was no, like, No, I love oh, the man. word, but like the act of being enclutched. No, thank you. In enclutched as a word? In I, if it wasn't before, it is it's now. It's a great word. Thank you. Wow. So this episode opens uh, just where we left off at the to-be-continued mark of part one, which is Slayer Fight. Slayer Fight. Slayer Fight. <laughs> uh, Buffy and Kendra are having a moment where they're both like, I'm the Slayer. No, I'm the Slayer. No, I'm the Slayer. No, I'm the Slayer. And then they're like, truce. Right. Let's talk about it. Buffy calls a truce and is like, let's go see my watcher. Which, like, should be your first clue that she's probably telling the truth. Yes. Because how would she know about Watchers? But here's an interesting thing. Could you imagine Giles sending Buffy on a mission and not accompanying her? No, but it becomes increasingly apparent through this episode that the relationship of Kendra and her Watcher is drastically different than the relationship between Giles and Buffy. Yeah, I guess that's true. She, I mean... It seems like she's being treated more of like, more as like a... Just a sort of wep, like a heat-seeking missile. Yeah, yeah. It's very cold, you know, or at least what Kendra has conveyed to us seems very cold. You know, like she reads, she studies, she trains, she fights, and that's it. She's not allowed to talk to boys. I'm jumping ahead in my notes here, but how about some heterosexism in the Watcher world? Yeah, yeah. She can talk to all the girls she wants. Yeah, what's that mm, about, Watcher? Mr. I don't remember your last name, but you do have it's one. Zabuto. Mr. Zabuto, I call you out for heterosexism, and you know what heterosexism is rooted in, Jenny? Oh my gosh, the the patriarchy. The patriarchy. <laughs> Sorry, just like I needed it. Well, I was just trying well. to remember. I knew I'd written the patriarchy somewhere in my notes, you're, but I think that's allowed. exactly where it's I season wrote it. two. We can say it at least two times mm, per episode. Oh, that's the new rule. Okay, yeah, got yeah. It. By got season it. seven, woo! Look yeah. at um, so. Then we see Angel trapped. Hiding in a shadowy corner. Hi always, always. Angel's always hiding in a shadowy corner. Yes. But this is very dramatic because Angel is about to die. And then the credits uh, <laughs> roll and we go to the library. Yes, and Giles is meeting Kendra and Kendra's like, I'm Kendra. They call me Kendra. They call me, Sorry. right. They call no me. No last name. Yeah. And then Buffy makes this great quip about being stuck in the 80s, which I enjoyed. Yes. With her one name. Great, like, great, great, Ken great. Kendra and Madonna, you yep. know. And then there's a great, like, cross-reference is the wrong word for it, but Buffy calls uh, or refers to Kendra as the Pink Ranger. She's like, you know... Uh, back off Pink Ranger, mm. which I thought was great. And I wrote down in my notes to bring up because that's fun. I loved the Power Rangers when I was in high school. Um, I saw them live in concert. It was great. And you know why I like the Power Rangers, Jenny? Why is that? Because a girl I went to high school with, oh, her name was Carrie. I had a big crush on her uh -huh. and she liked the Power Rangers. There you go. And even at a young age, I knew the best way to flirt with a girl is to quickly watch a television show that she has already watched oh. and then bring it up to her so you can talk about it. This is not your first time around the old Whew. TV block. Thank you. <laughs> Gotta go. Thanks for thanks for going on that uh, journey with me to Power Ranger Land. But I want to just share with you a fact that I learned about this reference in the show. Please. 
Um, Sophia Crawford, who is Sarah Michelle Gellar's stunt double, also doubled for the original Pink Ranger. That's not all. Additionally, her husband was the stunt choreographer for the first four seasons of Buffy, as well as the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. What? So here I thought it was just a little crossover in my world, but Mm. it was a... Big crossover, big crossover in their world. In everyone's world. Everybody just winking at each other when that line got... Yeah, so. everybody's all excited. Even me and my not-girlfriend, Carrie, because she was straight. It's fine. Wow. I love how territorial Buffy is at first. Oh, yeah. And then how defensive, uh, especially regarding her very brief but very real death. I, was, what did she say? I, I just died a little bit. Yeah, yeah, just a little. Just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is, of course, she's feeling territorial and defensive. And that, you know, we see that again and again throughout the episode because, you know, you wish and you wish and you wish that you weren't the only one in the world and that somebody else was there that could understand. But then you get your wish and you're like feeling threatened. Of course. Yeah. Of course she's feeling threatened. And she's feeling threatened because Kendra is like, super well read has a handbook has a yeah who knew there was a handbook Uh, marty noxon yes marty noxon knew there was a handbook marty noxon invented the handbook delightful (laughs) thank you marty all the (laughs) players of the world appreciate you for inventing the handbook um i would like to talk for one moment about two of the outfits willow's red overalls yeah willow's red overalls willow's red overalls that's all i have to say and Buffy's giant flannel shirt. Oh, my God. It's... I... We have... Jenny and I are polarized on this. She looks like the sail of a boat. I love it. I think she looks hot. I don't not love it. Uh-huh. But also, two realities are existing simultaneously. I love it. Mm-hmm. And she looks like the sail of a boat. <laughs> well, you know who could probably comment on this flannel and maybe more? I've got an idea. Mm. I think maybe Kayleth could help us out. I think we need a little fashion watch. It's time for our friend Kate to give you the Buffy fashion update. Welcome back to Fashion Watch, a.k.a. How does Cordelia have the least interesting look in this entire episode? She's wearing baby blue, which, like, of course, I love, but... I don't know. None of it really does anything for me. And there are a lot of looks to get through. So let's move on. I'm probably in the extreme minority when it comes to people who love Kendra's whole pseudo Jamaican 90s Wonder Woman vibe with the wrist bracers and silk pajama pants and really intense brown lip liner. But I could give a care. I mean, her character and accent are, yeah, pretty problematic or at least questionable. But her hair in the end of this episode is flawless. As my mom's pointed out, Buffy's wearing a flannel in this ep, and I have to give her points for both that and her track pants during the episode's climax. And if you can forgive the segue, speaking of climaxes, I finally get to talk about Drusilla, or more specifically, psychopath BDSM Drusilla, who shows us exactly the breadth of her mania in what, I'll be perfectly honest, is one of the sexiest moments of this entire series. Like, okay, look. I know this is fashion watch, but I'm a human being, and Spike presents her in her beautiful vintage dress and unsettlingly ripped arms with Angel tied up and gagged so that she can torture him and, like, just fuck me up, okay? Like, what what is even happening here? I was, like, 12 when I saw this. How is it not supposed to take root in my brain? Okay, sorry, there's fashion in here somewhere. Um, 
Her nails, her nails, Drusilla's nails, totally iconic. You can reproduce them very easily if you have a French manicure kit. All you have to do is instead of having a natural base coat, use uh, black or red with white tips. It's really great. You too can be a psychosexual vampire queen. <sighs> okay, I just, yeah, no, it's good. Um, hey, uh, Willow looks cute as a goddamn button in the end of this episode. She's got her little French braids and her sweater and her rainbow backpack. And she's talking to Oz about the animal crackers. And um, she looks basically perfect. I love her and I love what's happening for her. I'm fine. I'm fine. Until next time, I'll see you at the mall. That was our friend Kate. She gave you the Buffy fashion update. Thank you so much, Kate. We love you. We love every time you give us a fashion watch. The jewel. The jewel of the episode. Praise. Kate loves fashion watches. Angel is just, you know, oops, all over the place oops. in this episode. Oops, my, my buttons came up. Oops, undone. my shirt. Oops, my oh, shirt's just no. flapping in the breeze. Oh. Oops, my hairless chest is exposed. <laughs> <laughs> There's like so this the, this moment I'm referencing is is when he's still in the cage um or when Willie is pulling him out of the cage. In the fight, during the fight, he actually is not totally unbuttoned, but he's like half unbuttoned. During which fight? Oh, when he's fighting with Kendra. Oh, last episode. Last what episode. Are you skipping around for I'm me just here? saying his shirt's been the pro- the process has been going on for some time, right. and now so, it but, has come but to then, fruition. But then, the, to follow the the narrative arc of of Angel's shirt here, he, his shirt falls open. Oops! And then Willie <laughs> brings him down to the sewers somewhere between. Him being brought down to the sewers and getting brought to Drusilla's room, he's managed to button one button. <laughs> he gets one button, button just enough to hold tight until Spike throws him <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> at which, when his body hits the floor on impact, oops, <laughs> the button pops open again. <laughs> it's just, Dude, oh, just can't stay dressed. So tough. He had so hard for a, it's so hard for an ensouled vampire to keep his mm, shirt buttoned. Just like Mama always used to say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyhow, before we get to the sewers and D- D- Drusilla's room and all this su- stuff, we get to fucking Norman Fister. Oh my God, a man made of mealworms. Yes, who is. Fucking selling some makeup to Cordelia, who really, guys, we talked about it last episode, but come on, Cordelia. I don't know. Weak character She's both a here. winter and a summer. Come on. She needs some free makeup She's to supplement not, her multiple she, palettes. She, she is not impressed with this salesman's technique <laughs> at all. Nine ninety nine. <laughs> now, I have something really exciting to tell everybody. Last week, I remembered this horrible horrible character and was like oh god i i like i have scars in my mind from my first viewing of from this. how creepy this, this is. is so creepy so of course the first thing that i did after we recorded that episode was i went to the internet and i looked up who played norman fister and i found out it was it is an actor named kelly connell and i emailed kelly connell's management and i said i would like to put my childhood fears by the way i was like 27 uh no 29 <laughs> uh, i would like to put my childhood fears to rest can i please can we please sit down and interview kelly connell about playing norman fister and you know what guys 
He said yes. He said yes. So before the episode is through, we will get to hear a little bit of our interview with Kelly, who plays Norman Pfister. Uh, and he was such a delight. Much more delightful than most people made of worms yes. that I've talked to Surprisingly. in the past. Surprisingly. And we'll get there. We'll get we'll get to that interview very shortly. But first, we have some things to talk about. One more thing about Norman Pfister I would like to say right now is I think his favorite line of mine is, are there any other ladies in the house? <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's really so good. creepy. And then my favorite Norman Fister moment is when he re- he busts into worms and they're like, oh God, and they run away. And then he's just reformed standing uh, in another uh, part of the no, house. No, thank you. Creepy. This is the worst possible version anything. of a horror villain that I can think of. It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Um, okay. I just want to say before yeah. we move on from that, that we watched a little bit of the episode commentary on the DVD box set that I have owned for many years. Mm-hmm. And Marty Noxon was talking a little bit about how these mealworms are specific breed mm-hmm. uh, or species yeah, that they sure. got. Uh, I believe they're Brazilian. Uh, and they picked them specific. They cast these worms because they're... Like literally, like it sounds like a joke, but they for real did. They cast them because they're known to be very speedy. Uh, but because the lights on the set were so warm, they just became sluggish. So when you see them push, <laughs> oh my God, sluggish. <laughs> so when you see them push under the basement door uh, in a few minutes that we'll be talking about, those are actually like, that's sped way up because the worms were not performing as predicted. God, it has to be one of the worst moments as an editor when you are sitting in a room editing footage of a million fucking worms. Glad I'm not an editor. Ugh. Bad news. Um, so also, Cordelia doesn't do worms. Of course she doesn't. Who does? But of all people, Cordelia, last in line to do worms. I don't know. Worms. She's really tough, though. I would ex- I kind of... Yeah, she's tough, and she doesn't do worms. I'm okay. tough, too. Guess what I don't do? Worms. Okay. No, thank you. Why does Buffy and why does Kendra... Believe Willie? Yes. He's obviously lying. Come on. That didn't make any sense. It, we, I, I, just, I don't buy it. I didn't buy it either. Um, and Kendra, and this this moment, um, you know, this moment that Kendra and Buffy have with Willie is one of the first moments when this tension is really sprouting between Kendra and Buffy. Oh, yeah. Um, and I'm not talking about sexual tension. Although I will be talking about it soon. <laughs> um, but there, you know, Kendra says, no wonder you died. Um, in response, <laughs> right, Kendra. Yeah, yeah. Cutting, some cutting remarks really from Kendra. Yeah. The, if, I think that part of being called as the slayer is like being given strength, being given flexibility, being given all these things, and being given an incredible power with your words. Um, because yeah. Buffy has her quips. Kendra can fucking get her, cut her right back. She's got some burns. Um, we hear a line in this scene before it's over. Kendra and Buffy are walking out, and Willie says... Do you guys uh, ever, anybody ever ask you to do some nude photos? Because yeah. uh, artistic. Art photographs. Yeah. Mm. Now, on my first viewing of this, I thought, well, it's Marty Noxon, right? Mm-hmm. Writing some stuff because the patriarchy. Yes. But in the DVD commentary, we learned that Joss Whedon added that line in. That's a punch up. It's a punch up. Is that what it's called? I just repeated you because it sounded professional. <laughs> That's a punch up. Yep. Punch up. Punching up with a line. Yeah. Well, here in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> here in Hollywood. 
<laughs> uh, that's what you call it. The Mickey Mouse? <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what you call it when uh, somebody comes in, uh, when a script's already been written, but it's not like funny enough or whatever. Mm-hmm. Somebody comes in and does a punch up. Oh. Um, and they like, I'm so sorry. I didn't and... realize that you were hanging out at all the uh, actor bars here in LA. Here in well, Los Angeles, Hollywood, the Big Apple. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the Big Orange. <laughs> nope. The That's big Florida. S- the Big Sign. The Big Sign. Big Sign on a Hill. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I've just been hanging around the water cooler, picking up terminology. Great. So, so glad. I'm so happy for you. Mm, thanks. Um, so then we go to Spike. A beautiful shot. A beautiful shot. Beautiful. Downwards through a doily, Down- which is the name of my next album. <laughs> that's, a- <laughs> that's also the name. That's the professional name for that shot. <laughs> the camera, yeah. the cameraman was like, "How do you want to do this?" And the director was like, <laughs> "Oh, we're gonna do a downwards through a doily on this one." Yeah. <laughs> and the cameraman, oh, classic, great call. <laughs> He's like, "Not a banner pan down." Okay. <laughs> Downwards through a doily. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, <laughs> um, Spike, Angel, and Drusilla. Let's just take a What break. a threesome. What a th- Speaking of you sexual were all, tension. You were all, oh, Spike, Drusilla, and the Bird Sexual Tension Award. Now <laughs> don't you feel foolish. Yeah, that was a mistake. There is a lot of sexual tension between these three. There's a lot of S&M happening yeah. in this situation. Didn't, wasn't there a performance aspect that you were warming up for? A lot of S, 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 M, 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 Great, M. great, 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 great. Thank great. you, Rihanna. Um, so anyhow, these three have serious sexual tension. There's sparks flying between Spike and Angel. There's sparks flying between <laughs> Drusilla and Angel. And of course, of course. Of course. Sparks flying Drusilla between. Drusilla and Spike. Drusilla and Spike, but you know what? They don't win. They don't win. They, they're not getting the No, trophy. they don't get it, Jenny. But I got this thing. I have to get the plaque re-engraved. No. The, uh, no. I'm giving it, unless, unless you really argue me off of it, I'm giving it to Kendra and Buffy. There's a tension, a specific kind of tension, that can only be held between two slayers. Wow. And we see it here. Okay. Okay. Right. So we'll just send Spike, Drew, and Angel the edible arrangement then. Yeah, yeah, they get up. they get okay. a they get a solid second place. I mean, chocolate covered strawberries. If the rule book didn't explicitly state we were only allowed to give one sexual tension award away, there's a rule book. Didn't <laughs> then. Thank you. Um, so speaking of the rule book, uh, Giles and Kendra, this is like are nerding out. Kendra's all like, I read about the Order of Taraka in this volume, and Giles is like, Ah, oh, mm, oh yes, actually, I couldn't get through that. It's quite stodgy. Uh, and yeah, you see, Kendra gave a real good giggle in that moment. Yeah, yeah, they giggle hard, they giggle and good. then Kendra's like, Puh, she's a student. I but what is she also a cheerleader? Thinking oh, it's the funniest. I was upset about that. I didn't feel that was in Kendra's... Uh, How dare you, Kendra? Yeah. Ke- the, it, Kendra Why does Kend- Kendra even know what a cheerleader is if she's been with her watcher right? since she was a little kid? Right. And if she does, I just feel like... I just didn't feel like Kendra would use her words like that. You know? Yeah. Like, she's very serious and her cut, her cutting words are really good and really cutting. She doesn't... What if she's an unwitting pawn of the, the patriarchy? Oh, God. And this is the episode when they lost their entire male audience. Farewell, men. <laughs> <laughs> I 
which is something I've been saying for years. Oh, wow. Wow. And Jenny. moving right we're, along. We're taping this episode a lot later in the evening <laughs> yeah. than we normally do. It's like <sighs> 10 o'clock or 10. So we are, but we both have more and less energy than yeah. usual. I think it's working out well for us. Um, Riding that roller coaster. Yeah. So, oh, and then, so this Ken, let's just. Let's get back on the Kendra train for a second, because Kendra's presence, especially in conjunction with Career Week, Uh, is really making Buffy think. Yeah. It's really, she's like, you know, she's kind of resentful, she's kind of defensive, but she's also kind of like, wait a second. Maybe we could work something out. She's like, I could go to Disneyland and like. Ta- and I that's could, kind of her one idea. It's her one idea, but she's like, give me some more time. I will have more ideas. This yeah. is great. Maybe I don't have to be the slayer forever. Um, so I think that's interesting mm-hmm. and powerful and just like underlines a lot of the things we always talk about with Buffy where she carries a lot of weight and now like, is this her ticket to like having a day off or like just maybe letting Kendra be the slayer? Let yeah. me tell you something though. As somebody who identifies with Buffy... She would never be able to relinquish no, control. No, never. She'd never be able to get. I it know up. you. I, I can never. I can never. Somebody stands right next to me and says, "Kristen, I can do this for you," and I'm like, "That is wonderful." No, thank you. I will do it. I can do it best. It's the way. It's the way of us slayers, you know. Right. 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 So Cordelia and Xander so, are in a basement. Yeah. Zordelia situation. <laughs> Much better than candor. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Xander and Cordelia are in the basement, and they're getting very worked up because there's a worm man upstairs, as previously discussed. Sure. Tensions are high. Tensions are high. Tension, a lot of tensions in a lot of places in this episode. Um, let's, let's go to the episode, and let's just hear. Let's just all experience this moment together, shall we? Please. I hope these are my last moments. Three more seconds with you, and I'm gonna... I'm gonna what, coward? Moron. I hate you! I hate you! <laughs> We so need to get out of here. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow, 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 wow. (laughs) So great. The music cue. The music cue is everything. Perfect. It's everything because we have a lot of feelings about this. Um, May Rude texted me. I remember back when she hit this episode, she lost her shit over this. Mm -hmm. Here we've been talking, especially if you're following this with us, we've been talking Cordelia up. Till talking Xander all the way down. Talking Xander super down. Who could have predicted? Who could have predicted? Two titans converge. Wow. So this happens not once but two times in this episode. There is a kiss. And I mean, what are your feelings about this, Jenny? I'm shocked. (laughs) Okay, you're not shocked because you've seen it a million times. What are your feelings about this? My feelings are it makes less sense to me now than it did on previous watches it still makes sense to me it makes sense because they're hate kissing right all we've seen here in this episode is like a physical thing that has manifested out of this hatred the shared hatred right yeah and I and I think that there's really some truth to that I think there's also like this is um you know a kind of a classic storyline where the like you know, loser, and I'm not calling Xander that, but like that's like you know he he calls himself that kind of in the grand right. scheme of high school, uh, and the popular girl 
Mm-hmm. Or or the reverse, where the quarterback and the girl and that shit bomb in the overalls. Yeah, that that girl before she takes her glasses exactly. off. Exactly. Um, you know, fall for each other, and it's like, oh God, what? How is this possible? And the emotion it brings up for them is, we got to get out of here. Yeah, we are so. The fact that we have kissed is more terrifying to us than a man who explodes into blah, 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 worms. Blah, blah, blah. To give you a. Uh, an idea. Okay, so Cordelia. Oh God, she goes upstairs. They oh, both, this is. I don't like such it. a bummer. I don't like it. I don't like it, Jenny. It but it me... ra- it's raining worms. It's raining on the hallelujah. <laughs> uh, what's important to might make you feel a little bit better about this is, according to Marty Noxon, those are just rubber worms. Yeah, because charisma down. would not have it. You know what? You know who doesn't do worms? Cordelia or charisma? Or charisma. Uh, Something else to note here is that Cordelia opens her mouth to... She stops under the waterfall of bugs instead of continuing to run. And then she opens her mouth to scream. I mean, you know what? I want to wish that I wouldn't do the same thing. But I'll tell you what. If it was raining fucking worms on me, I don't know what I would do. I think I might go into child's pose on the floor oh my and, God. Just, and just hope for the best. You wouldn't do that. I don't know what I would do. survival instinct is stronger than that. I would have been naked on the front lawn, though. I'll tell you what. Like, I know that Xander, like, hosed Cordelia off. Well, I mean, the fact that she didn't at least take that sweater off, which was holding most of the worms, is bananas. No, I would have. I think that, like, if I'm imagining it, if I'm putting myself in Cordelia's place, I would have taken off at least my sweater and my dress. And I think I would have, like. You probably would have taken your underwear off. I I think I would have taken everything off. But at least. At least the sweater and the dress, and I would have head first ran into Xander. Like, just, like, pushed my head into Xander. Like, that would have been my, just get him off me, get the worms off my hair. Uh, But instead, she gets hosed down. And now, we had a slightly different viewing experience of this. I feel like Xander, for, like, maybe, like, two beats longer than necessary, maintains the hosing. Yeah, no, I didn't read that way to you. No, it it did read that way. I just, the first time you said it, because the first time we watched it, you said that, and then I kind of expected it to be this, like, gross Xander-y kind of deal, where, like, despite the impending danger, he was, like, trying to hose her extra so he could see her boobs. No, he's more of just in, like, a haze. Yeah, it's more like he's trying to help her as best he can, and, like, in the middle of it is, like, accidentally seeing boobs, and it's yeah, like, ah, uh, you know? So, yeah. so, right. So we don't really disagree. Listen, I just, we've all been slowed down by boobs before. Haven't we? They slow and people down. That's okay. Then that's great. Uh, <laughs> Oz, wearing the biggest shirt you've ever seen. No, I don't know. They're bigger the and bigger. pretty big. The, I think you borrowed than that Buffers? shirt from Xander. <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> Sexual Attention Award. Oz's enormous shirt and Buffy's <laughs> enormous shirt. Today's episode is brought to you by Regal Cinemas. If you're anything like me, you deeply enjoy going to the movies. Going to the movies is probably among my top three all-time activities. I love seeing films on the big screen. I also love being around other people who are watching the same movie with me at the same time. And of course, I love eating giant buckets of popcorn If you feel the same and you like going to the theater, Regal Unlimited is something that just makes sense. Regal Unlimited is the all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two movie visits. You can see any standard 2D movie anytime, no blackout dates, no restrictions. When you want to watch a movie... 
in 4DX or IMAX or RPX or ScreenX. There's so many ways to watch movies these days. Your Regal Unlimited membership gets you into those premium experiences at a reduced cost. And with Regal Unlimited, you don't only save money on the tickets. You will also save on your snacks. And as previously mentioned, I love snacks. The only thing that can make me love a snack more is saving money on buying a snack. Members get 10% off of all non-alcoholic concession items with membership. Regal Unlimited, all-you-can-watch movie subscription pass. It pays for itself in two visits. So if you're planning to see two movies this month, join Regal Unlimited and sign up now. You can sign up in the Regal app or on regmovies.com slash unlimited. Sign up for Regal Unlimited using code buffering and earn 10% off your three-month subscription. Please let us know about all of the movies you see and how the popcorn is. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, here we are at Career Week. Here we are at Career Week where we have a school shooting that happens. Uh, The Taraka number two, three, three. Taraka number three. I'm not buying Taraka number three. It's just like too many guns. Right? I don't just think like you get not to use convincing. guns. I just guns, oh, I've got another gun on my ankle. For, for me, guns don't have a place in this uh, in this world. No, yeah, you don't get to use guns. You're a you're a mythological fucking bounty hunter. You can't come on. Just like do no. your thing. Use your strength, man. Not a gun. So this is a scene. Who knows if we would even be able to see this scene today um, on today's television? Oh yeah, good point. So th- this is, you know, before Columbine and before so many other shootings that we've seen in our country in the last, you know, 20 years. But um, this happens. It's kind of short-lived. Oz gets shot. Um, <sighs> the, the skeleton gets shot also. I don't want to oh, leave yeah. the skeleton out. Loses his whole skull. Yep. Uh, Jonathan gets taken hostage. I think Jonathan's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the shortest hostage also, ever. Also, most ineffectual, like, back up to the door before you drop your hostage like yeah just, it did no it just, i know this Tarakan needs some advice i'm shocked needs that this help. person was allowed into the order of Taraka. So, right uh, don't they have standards anymore in my day the order of Taraka <laughs> would never have allowed such a sloppy assassin into their ranks so so willow is ace bandaging buffy's knee um i just like to like this moment i thought it was funny that Willow was like, you know what I'm good at? The internet and ace bandages. Nice. Um, so then Xander and Cordelia come in. They meet Kendra. Oh, my God. Cordelia's like, hi. Yeah, Cordelia could care less. Cordelia <laughs> is 
is wet and she's wormed and she's yeah, wet and wormed. She's not happy. Um, if I, Xander has this horrible line: "You're a slayer. I'm into that in a woman." Which I'm not into. You. So bye. Then uh, Kendra like is completely, completely incapable uh, yeah, of having a conversation. Form. I hope I will be of service and call Xander sir. And right. it's a whole thing. Because we learn and we learn, you know, later on in, in the library, Kendra's backstory, which, you know, we have to talk about. Kendra, her parents gave her to her watcher at such a young age that she can't remember her parents. Um, so this is just an entirely different experience. And mm-hmm. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because I really want to talk about this. There's a moment between Kendra and Buffy where Kendra is like, they're, they're talking about emotions. And Kendra is like, you can't have, you can't have emotions. They make you weak. And Buffy says, no, my emotions give me power. Kristen Russo also says this. You, well, you better fucking believe I do. <laughs> I fucking love this exchange. I was so excited about it because, you know, I mean, you just classically, women are told that their emotions make them weak. I mean, this is like, you know, a thing. It's been a thing forever, for as long as time. Tale as old as time, mm. if you will. Um, and, you know, I think that there are a lot of women a lot of women I know who absolutely are terrified to show any kind of emotion because they feel it will make them not be taken seriously and will oh, yeah. and will also like make them seem weak and that's that's actually true i mean that does happen um i think a lot and and so i loved this because i like buffy really embrace my emotions i do feel that they give me a lot of power i express them very much and I just love that it was played out between these two because I, I found it to be a very powerful feminist moment. Mm. There are a lot of them in the show, I know, mm-hmm. but this mm-hmm. one really spoke to me. Fucking emotions don't make you weak. They make you stronger. I am team Buffy on this one. Um, and I think Kendra is coming around to be team Buffy too. It's just she was she was trained to believe that her, her emotions were bad. Yeah. Um, and you have said the patriarchy so too many times. You've Sorry. taken it away from Sorry, me. Sorry, I got too But excited. I won't be. My emotions will let me say it. The patriarchy. Okay. You feel better now? <laughs> yes. Listen, I don't feel better because I have a problem and it's this. Okay. When Spike is explaining the ritual, when Spike, Drusilla, mm-hmm. I think Angel, are all discussing the ritual that needs to happen, mm-hmm. Spike is like... T- Tomorrow on the full moon, bliggity bliggity blah, and then oh, he says full moon. He says full moon. <gasps> and then Giles says new moon, new moon, which is the opposite of the full moon. <laughs> wow, I didn't even notice that. So mad. Yeah, that's upsetting. You know what's not upsetting? No, it is upsetting. The holy water torture. Um, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like kind of a little bit of both. S S S and. M, M, M. Uh, yeah, speaking of singing, too, Drew's back on her number one hit single, The Lamb is Caught in the Blackberry Bush. <laughs> She's at it. And oops, oh. Angel's shirt is off. Oh, God. You know what? It's not even oops. I don't believe your oops anymore, Angel. Um, We should have a, sh- a jingle for just when Angel's shirt is off. <laughs> It'll be too. It'll be. It'll take. It'll take over the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, Drew, Drusilla, though, Juliet Landau, Drusilla, all of them, both of them. Uh, these, the, this moment, this scene is brilliant. Where she is saying they used to eat cakes and eggs and honey. She 
delivers these fucking lines so beautifully and brilliantly. I often like think about how she was given a piece of paper, Juliet Landau, that said these words and that these these choices she made make them feel the way they do. Yeah. They're, it's just so powerful. And her retelling Angel this his his worst story right the the story that kills him more than any of the other stories in his history as a vampire as she is burning him with holy water is really powerful shit yeah drusilla you get your jingle drusilla you fill my heart with dread and still i'm led right back to Great. It's been a minute since we got to hear Drew's jingle. Mm-hmm. Uh, that jingle is available on iTunes as a ringtone. If you're an iPhone user, you can just go into the iTunes store on your phone you and can. find it. And Android users know that we know about you and your needs, and we are working on getting those songs available for you as well. So yes. stay tuned. We'll let you know when they are available. We're working on it. Um, before we go forward, I just don't want to miss the line, nobody messes with my boyfriend. <laughs> Thank you, Buffy. Thank you, Buffy. Um, Okay. (laughs) We just gave Drew her jingle, but I just... uh, Also, another line I loved was when she, like, barks at Angel and says, bad dog. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, That's a fave. Yeah. Angel gets to... Angel tries to get Spike to kill him early. Oh, my God. Which is, like, pretty... Like, when you really think about that. Crafty. It's really crafty, and it's also pretty... Sacri- I mean, it's pretty martyr-like of Angel, yeah. you know? Um, he'd rather... Yeah, I feel like he's more used... I guess he thinks the ritual's gonna kill him, so... Yeah, he's I guess. he's more used to the cause alive. I know. That's what I think. Like, I'd rather have Angel alive. Well, you know what? Angel winds up alive, so or it's fine. undead. Right. Really. <laughs> um, so, I think we're getting to the chapel ambush here. That's what I call this. Fucking Willie, man. I mean, why? Ain't it just like a Willie? Of course. Why would you ever this trust Willie? This is the second Willie? time. Second time you've trusted Willie. Why is everybody trusting Willie? Nobody Jenny and I told Willie. you last week, we know Willies. You don't trust Willies? Come on. Yeah. Love a Willie. Don't trust a Willie. I... Okay, the number of times we've said Willie, <laughs> I think we should stop. It's offsetting the amount of times we've said the Patriot. Right, right, right. <laughs> so we get into the convent, and there's every villain conveniently located all in one place, including Norman Fister, the Man of Worms. Yes. And we were able to have a conversation with him. Well, I should say with the actor who played him. Yes. Kenny Luckily, luckily not a conversation not with an Norman actual Fister. Worm Man. So here's our uh, conversation with the lovely Kelly Connell. Thank you. Thank you again for taking the time out to talk to us. We're so excited and our listeners are going to be so excited to hear from you and hear about your experience uh, on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, it's been uh, ever since you got a hold of me, I revisited uh, those two episodes and it's it's been 20 years since I did those, so it was a little peculiar to uh, to see myself 20 years younger and watch myself disintegrate in the mealworm <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I will I will say that um, I, I I watched the series. Uh, Jenny and I come to the series a bit differently. I've watched the series just one time before this rewatch for the podcast, and I don't have the best memory. I don't remember a ton of things about my first watch. I remembered this character so 
so deeply. Um, it was. It is a very, very disturbing uh, image. He is a creepy fellow, <laughs> to say the least. He is. He... As I as I watch it, and I uh, I see myself uh, looking at charisma, <laughs> <laughs> willing to give away some free samples. It's just so weird with with that that strange look on my face and very trippy to look back at it now 20 years later like i said we shot that in several different locations uh the uh the house location i, I believe was in torrance mm -hmm. if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. the uh the big big fight at the end where nick uh stomps on me and i've never forgiven him for that <laughs> for killing me the way he did it just occurred to me that in our research of, of these two episodes, I saw something that said that in What's My Line Part 1, um, the house that was that was used, the interior of the house, and, and maybe you don't know because you were only on the exterior, I think, in Part 1, but that, that was the actual house that they used. Um, and then it, in What's My Line Part 2, they actually had built a soundstage for the interior of the house. Do you, do you have any? Do you have any memory of that? Yes, that is correct. Um, because they were doing the CGI of the mealworm walking out of my nose and into my ear, I think it was. Oh, God. And by the way, I'm still in close contact with that mealworm. We're still good friends oh. to this day. Oh, that's nice. So nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's especially tough in show business to keep in touch with people you work with. <laughs> Um, so that, so that was a, that was a special effect. So we did uh, that on a soundstage, as I recall. And that was in Santa Monica, I think on Stewart Avenue is uh, where the soundstage was. Oh, wow. What a memory. Yeah. yeah. Very good memory. Yeah. I, I, like I said, when I revisited it, it kind of all came back. To yeah. Me, so. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to the show and what the audition process was like? And did you have to transform into mealworms? <laughs> is that how you got the role? <laughs> Um, unfortunately, I transformed myself into mosquitoes at first. Ah, and that wow. didn't go over that. How embarrassing. So I thought, oh man, I really thought I blew that audition <laughs> at that point. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's 20 years ago. I don't specifically recall that um, audition. I think they described to me this is what happens. And, you know, over the years of all the roles I played in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, I still get recognized for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's really cool that that still happens that you guys got in touch with people people recognize you and then they just start to run yeah <laughs> yeah that's right yeah <laughs> hey do that thing hey man do that thing <laughs> yeah, what cool. what went into you know the the role is such a memorable role the the character is just you know terrifying as i already have said what went into cool. that role for you preparing for it and and playing it um i as i watch it i think what i was doing was um, I was trying really hard to be human <laughs> because on, on the inside I was, I was, I was masquerading all my warminess yes. and just doing my, just doing my best to behave like a human being Wow! Um, and hope that I'm able to hold it together long enough to pull off my mission. Wow. Um, and you, and you were, I mean, you know, yeah. you, you might've been uh, killed in the end, but you, you really did a, an effective job, I think, <laughs> of, of fooling us yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, when I watch it, it's, wow, that's a creepy guy Yeah, oh my God. for sure. Yeah. But creepy guy, you know, creepy guys are fun to play. Um, over, over the years, played a lot of accountants and doctors and executives. And once in a while, something fun like that comes along and it's, it's, yeah, you really get to. I'll break out of the box a bit with stuff that's bizarre or science fiction like yeah. it's, it's a lot of fun to do yeah do you have any any like particularly fond or fun memories of the actual shoot 
Um, I really enjoyed that uh, that work we did down in Torrance at the house. There was just something fun about carrying a, a box of, it's like beauty supplies, right? right. Or something? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Blush cosmetics. <laughs> yeah, blush cosmetics. That's right. <laughs> I enjoyed working on that scene because it was the setup scene, I guess, and it was a lot of fun. That was the first time I got to introduce the character and to know that he's not exactly what he appears to be. Mm. The final scene where I get stomped on, I believe that is a a, a, a convent that Katy Perry has been trying to buy for a while. <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously. That, that location, it, it was a convent, and it's in Silver Lake. And I think that's the same one that Katy Perry... Have you heard about Katy Perry trying to buy the convent? No, we have if you look not. It up, yeah, wow. You've got all the hot Yeah, intel. that's a phenomenal piece of trivia, too. Yeah. <laughs> So, and that was cool. That was, you know, the final scene where I get stomped on was a great location. A lot of smoke-filled rooms, a lot of fighting, really good fighting scenes, yeah. fighting sequence. Did you ever actually have worms on you? Yes. Oh, no! Yes. Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, I didn't want it to be true for you. Yeah, there was there was one on my, as I watch it, yeah, there was one on my arm, on my right arm, and they were crawling around on those shoes. Oh! <laughs> yeah. God, like having little pricky little, little, little pine cones walking all over you. It's really weird. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> what you what and there were a, a lot of them a lot of them too yeah wow, wow. A lot. yikes what you sacrificed to terrify all of us yes. we appreciate Thank it you. that's right <laughs> you're welcome um, we have a we have a game we like to play it's really simple the game is called vampire witch slayer and uh all you have to do to play and win <laughs> is tell us if you had to be a vampire a witch or a slayer what would you pick well based on what i know from twilight and the long lives that vampires live. Yeah, I'd go for vampire. I'd, I'd go for the longevity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd pick eternal life. Nice. And a, a killer nightlife. Yes. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not really good at memorizing spells. Right, right. So probably wouldn't make a good witch. And what was the third one? A slayer? Nah. nah. Yeah. <laughs> Too much responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not enough sleep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kelly, is there anything that we didn't ask you about that you want to share about the experience of being on the show? Uh, it's just the, the, the after effect of doing that character has, you know, has been very strong and it's been a lot of fun. When my kids were young, I used to tell people that, you know, if, if they don't go to bed when I tell them to, I threaten to turn myself into worms. <laughs> Wow. Very they must have always gone to bed exactly on time. <laughs> right um, Can you tell us where, you know, where people can find you now? What are you, you know, what are you working on now? What are you doing? Yeah, sure. Um, right now I'm directing a play that I wrote at uh, Moorpark College, which is uh, you go through Simi Valley and then beyond that is Moorpark College. And they've got a really strong theater arts program out there. And right now I've, I'm directing a play that I wrote at, uh, starts running April 26th through the first week of May out there at Park College cool. as part as part of the student one X. It's the third play that I've written and directed out there and the fourth play that I've directed. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, what is the name of the, of the play? The play is called Written in the Stars. Awesome. But I've directed a lot of theater over the years out here in uh, Aspen Comedy Arts Festival, directed up there and 
Hudson Theater, which is there in Hollywood, and the uh, Century City Playhouse. I really enjoy directing theater. My background is in theater back in New York, and it's uh, it's my favorite thing to do. Oh, that's wonderful. That's awesome. Um, well, Kelly, thank you so much again. I we you know we recorded our episode for part one last week, where in which I told everyone how terrifying um, this character of Norman Fister was. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, Norman Fister. Yeah, I'm going to be very very excited uh, to share this with everyone. We really appreciate it. Um, and we wish thank you, you well. Kristen and Jenny. Appreciate the time. Thank Absolutely. you. Appreciate so much. it very much. Wow. Thank you again, Kelly. I feel maybe that my nightmares about Norman Fister will finally come to an end. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, so here we are in the chapel, uh, in the convent, sorry, that the Katy Perry's house. We're in Katy right, Perry's house. Right. And <laughs> um, Drusilla's t- tied to Angel. Yes. Angel's shirt, nowhere to be found. No. Uh, no. I mean, where would it be? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, and Drusilla's repeating Spike. Oh, God. It's so great. It's so great. She's like, he's like, blah, 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 black medicine. And you just hear her go, black medicine. <laughs> and then like, blah, 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 murderous child. Murderous child. <laughs> God, I love you, Drusilla. It's really good. And then their their blood comes together and it creates this um, light orb. Yeah, some kind of sonic boom. Which, happening. which, uh, my memory of the series, this like kind of visual, this like light, this bright light shining, I think happens more. Oh, it's yeah? the first time I think we've seen something like it. But I I have an association with this visual. Only one way to find out Only if you're one right. Way. Um, two slayers, no waiting. Nice. So that's a great line. Kendra's like, I have the quip chip. Yeah. I got that implanted. (laughs) Um, Also, switch. And then they do a back roll. Uh, Unnecessary. Necessary. Unnecessary. 100% necessary. Cordy, by the way, I I drew the emoji with heart eyes. I drew it very poorly. It actually looks like a creepy man. But I drew it for Cordelia in her gym clothes. Mm. I'm like really into the fact that Cordelia had to change into her gym clothes. And she's in her little running sneakers and her Sunnydale tee. That she uses to work out her trauma by stomping all over those mealworms. There and there you go, Norman Pfister. There you go. Smash, smash. Now, here's the thing. Um, Cordy and Xander get a kill. They kill Norman Pfister. Um, Giles shoots somebody with the thing. But what do you call crossbow? that? The crossbow. Willow kills like, a van. Hold him steady. Everybody gets a kill. How great is you it? You get that a they... kill, and you get a kill. Oh my God. Everybody gets a kill. How great is it that the camera pans like over Willow and uh, I don't know who's holding the vampire. Is it Giles? Maybe where she's like, hold him steady. Yeah. Yeah, it's Giles. And it pans off of them for two seconds, and the vampire is dusted in those two seconds, and it comes back, and Giles is just, like, brushing yeah, da- vampire so dust great. off of his vest. So great. So great. So great. We also get a classic Kendra line in this scene. Her shirt gets ripped. She says, that's my favorite shirt. That's my only shirt. She only has one Got shirt. One what does she do on laundry day? I mean... Yeah, she wears her sports bra. Maybe she bra. has a slayer robe. Like Kendra would wear a sports bra. She has a real a real person bra. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, uh, no then... offense to sports bras. I only wear sports bras. That's why I called the other ones real person bras. Okay. Buffy 
Spike's like making a getaway with Drusilla and Buffy whips that sensor around. Yes. And clocks him in the head. He falls into a massive pipe organ. Um, And then Buffy and Angel have sweet, sweet romance as Spike and Drusilla lay underneath the The rubble. And Kendra helps. Yes. Kendra helps. And I helped. Kendra (laughs) helps, which is really sweet. Um, Yeah. Angel is so fucking dramatic. Oh, my gosh. Every time he gets knocked out, you... He yeah he get you get a little holy water poured on you you get a little blood taken out of you you can't come on man no I'm just kidding I'm just kidding but he is dramatic he's a gentle soul um Oz is very cute Oz is very cute Oz is very cute Will is very cute they're being very cute Xander and Cordelia try Cordelia is trying to avoid Xander Xander is like listen we have to talk about this so he corners her in the sewing room but like it it, it comes from a good place you know it's he doesn't corner her I feel like no 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 he's he's really he wants to talk about it yeah he's really like let's be let's be adults about this this thing happened I hate you you hate me Let's just agree to disagree, agree to agree. I prefer the Cordelia method of just flight. Yeah, that is your method. Run. Sure. But, um, but so they hate each other. Nobody had wanted to kiss anybody else except for music swell. What is going to happen with these two? Wow. What is going to happen? Nobody knows. And then, you know, we get a very important moment where. Kendra is leaving. Buffy has told her she's allowed to sit in a seat on the plane this time. She doesn't have to fly (laughs) in the cargo bin. Um, And Kendra says to Buffy, you know, you talk about slang like it's a job. It's not a job. It's who you are. And that's kind of Mm -hmm. like the The bow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the bow on this whole career week, right? We've been in career week for two episodes now. And and the whole point of that is is to put our focus on how Buffy looks at being a slayer. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that it's probably detrimental to her to look at it as just a job because it's more than that. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think they really, Kendra and Buffy, I love their relationship. I think that they really give each other a lot um, on top of not being, you know, the other other exchanges. I'm a freak. uh, And then Kendra says, not the only freak. Mm. Right? Really nice. Like they give each other um, companionship. Even if they're not together, they know the other exists. Yeah. And, Definitely no hugs, though. And they're kind of like the yin to each other's yang, you know? Yeah. Like, Buffy has, you know, uses her emotions and Kendra doesn't. And I think that they pull from each other a little bit and they make the other one stronger. Yeah. Which is great. Aww. Which is really great. You know what else is great? What? I don't hug. Yes. I don't hug, says Kendra. Bless you, Kendra. Bless <laughs> Buffy her. instantly recoils. Yeah. And Buffy handles it great. That it would never have even occurred to her to hug. No, I love that. Because you know what? When this happens in real life, if a person doesn't want to give a hug, usually the other person is like horrified by that. Yeah, and offended. And offended. And you know what? Back off. If somebody mm. doesn't want to hug, they don't want to hug. And Buffy immediately is like, right, of course, hugging. So, so horrible. Goodbye. Yeah. So that's great. Um, <laughs> cool. So here we are. The last moment of this episode. Oh, my goodness. Here we are, Jenny. I couldn't have dreamed it better myself. What happens? What happens, Jenny? I'll tell you what. Drizella picks Spike up from the rubble. She's very strong. She picks him up by one arm, and then she carries him out of the church. Uh, uh-huh. Romance. She's strong. We've been talking for a little while about romance between Drusilla and Spike and how many feelings it has given us. Jenny, how many feelings has it given you? Eight bajillion. Eight bajillion. Here is a small sampling. Of the eight bajillion feelings that we get for the romance between Drusilla and Spike. 
Hell yeah. They got a dark and creepy, ghoulish, freaky kind of love. They got a ropes and handcuffs, tortured, bloodlust kind of love. They do, they do. Spike and Drusilla. Wow, what an episode. What a second part of two episodes. Wow. Two episodes. That's a great sentence, Jenny. I am good. (laughs) Yes, you are. At words. You're great. Marty Noxon, we're really happy that you're around. Hooray! Really great stuff. Uh, Kendra, also happy that you're around. Hell yeah. We have a lot to explore. A lot of things going on. So much more to come. So much more. But that is all for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I am Jenny Owen Youngs, and when I'm not watching Buffy and talking about it with Kristen, I'm usually writing and recording songs. You can hear some of them at JennyOwenYoungs.com slash buffering, and you can give me a shout on Twitter at JennyOwenYoungs. You can give me a shout on Twitter at Kristen Nolien, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-N-O-E-L-I-N-E, and you can also find out more about my work with Everyone is Gay and My Kid is Gay, as well as a lot of the other projects that I work on, many of which overlap with LGBTQ communities, um, over on my website at kristinnoline.com. You can get all the info about our upcoming events as a duo or individually by visiting bufferingthevampireslayer.com and clicking on events. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook at BufferingCast, and you can also drop us an email at bufferingthevampireslayer at gmail.com. You can support us and our work over at patreon.com slash bufferingcast. You can give at the dollar level, the $5 level, the $10 level, or the billion dollar level. Ooh, do the billion one. Yeah, great rewards come from the billion dollar level. But in all seriousness, we have a great family building over there. Um, if you give at the $5 level, you get the MP3s in advance. If you give at the $10 level, we do Q&A videos. If you give at the $1 level, we do Buffy watches with you. It is a fun time all around. Um, and it really helps us continue to do this work because this podcast does take um, a good amount of our time. Wouldn't you mm-hmm. say, Jenny? Uh, just a bit. More and more with each passing week. Uh-huh. Um, but we do love it. We love doing it. So thank you for those who already support. Other ways to support, you can go on over and get yourself some new shirts or pins at our store. Go to bufferingthevampireslayer.com and click on shop. Um, and third, last but not least, you can leave us a review on iTunes. A good one, please. <laughs> if you don't mind. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Till next time. Someone attacks me, her name is Kendra, says she's a slayer with experience. She's even got a handbook man Spike and Drew have a ritual plan But nobody messes with my boyfriend I'm the slayer who was alone in the world But now I'm neck and neck with some of the chosen girl
icy, but we pull through. Down comes that pipe organ. Think that's the last that we'll see of Spike and Drew. one of the hosts of Bitches on Comics, the most welcoming place for LGBTQ plus folks and women to chat comics, fiction, and pop culture. Bitches are both wanted and encouraged on our podcast. We speak with amazing guests about the media they've created, critiqued, and loved. And you don't have to just take our word for the great time we're having over here. We've been named a best comic book podcast by several publications, including Book Riot, The Mary Sue, and Comic Book Herald. So tune in and listen to us talk with your faves like Carmen Maria Machado, Amy Chu, Mari Naomi, Anthony Oliveira, and many, many others. Our whole goal is to include more folks in the comic book and pop culture world and to help new readers find comics and speculative books they'll love, with no shade for being new. You can find Bitches on Comics wherever you get your podcasts, and you can learn more at bitchesoncomics.com.